Hello everyone, this is Tom with just a brief disclaimer before we get into tonight's show. Now in the episode listings that I saw before the release of Twilight Zone 2019, the episode that we're going to be talking about tonight was actually listed as being first. Now I don't know whether that is because there was a last minute change with the running order or because those listings were just speculation from the internet and they were just wrong anyway. But the effect of that was I did get advance access to the first four episodes and believing this to be the first one, I wanted to have it there for opening day when the show debuted and I could release the podcast in conjunction with that. Now what actually ended up happening was the first two episodes were The Comedian and Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, so I'd actually recorded this one first but it wasn't broadcast first, but that's okay. But I just wanted to speak to you briefly before you listen to the episode, because throughout it, we refer to this as the first episode. And I guess for us it was, because this was the one that we watched first, but for everyone else, it's third. So so I just wanted to make that clear before you listen to the show. Now, the other thing is in some of the advanced things that I saw, it was also referred to as Rewind and not Replay, which is the actual title. So again, if we refer to it as Rewind, that's why. Now I have re-recorded the broadcast date and the title for that section, kind of out of respect really for the creators, you know, and plus I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing it was wrong. Um, So I have changed that bit, but the rest of it still stands. So if we call it the wrong name, that is why, and if we refer to it as the first episode, that is why. But I guess the good thing that comes out of that is now that it's pre-recorded, I'm able to put it out on the same day as the episode drops, which is Thursday, the 11th of April 2019. And as you know, I also do a listener reaction episode, and you'll have heard that already for the first two episodes. So if you want to get on board for the listener reaction episode for this one, Please have your MP3 clips and emails in by Sunday the 14th of April, just by the end of the day, however late that is, and then on Monday I will get to putting those together. And to do that you can email me at tz2019, that's tz2019, at thetwilightzonepodcast.com to get in on that. So that's enough from me, let's get to tonight's show. You're traveling through another dimension. Another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. But of mind. A journey into a wondrous land. land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Tonight, we enter a new era for the Twilight Zone. And I couldn't think of anyone better to join me on this monumentous occasion than the once and always host of the Twilight Zone podcast, Luke Owen. Luke, how's it going, man? I'm very, very well, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Can you believe we're here? Can you believe it's 2019 (laughs) and we're watching new Twilight Zone? As As I said to you the other day when we were messaging back and forth, that you and I have been talking for years about a new Twilight Zone, a possibility. Like, it, it felt like every time you and I have got together on these shows, we'll be like, ah, well, I'll believe it when I see it. 
<laughs> like it, yeah <laughs> it, when, it, when it happens that's when you know that's when i'll start to get excited and it's it's kind of crazy now yeah we're sitting here in 2019 the 60th anniversary and we've got a new twilight zone and it actually is here like it's it's available for watching now i guess you've already answered this but i was going to ask you i i believe there's two types of twilight zone fan there are those who believe that it begins and ends in the 50s and 60s and there are those who think, you know, you can carry it on. If you do it right, then you can continue the Twilight Zone. So I think we know the answer, but where do you sit in those two different types of fandom? I'm very much in the the, the camp of that the Twilight Zone is a concept, is an idea uh, that can be carried across any generation. Uh, it could be rebooted again in 20 years' time because there will always be cultural things to be talked about and you can mm -hmm. use the twilight zone and its science fiction uh rules and setting to be able to tell those stories so i i to be honest it, it, it's a case of doing it right i think the 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 problem i think with that some fans have had is that the previous track record has not really shown that because while the 80s series does have its fans i think it is flawed and it almost felt mm. like it was rebooted for the sake of rebooting it and kind of the same with the, the 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 early 2000 series as well and so i yeah. would almost say that this is the first time where it feels like we're rebooting the twilight zone for the right reasons because there were people who had things to say um uh -huh. with by using the twilight zone as as a method to say what they wanted to say you and i got together and we watched uh, the first episode that we're going to talk about in a moment and uh, when that episode came through there was a little note from the producers and it said creating the twilight zone for 2019 was was often an exercise in contradiction entrust us with the honor of reviving one of television's most iconic shows we sought to pay tribute to the past by infusing it with something new how can we provoke serious thought with something fun reward long-time fans while attracting new ones and create timeless stories and characters that would all cease to exist after a single episode. And that's the interesting thing, I mm. think, about a... Um, I mean, that's just part of the, the whole spiel they sent through, but that's the interesting thing about The Twilight Zone. It, it's almost like it needs to prove itself with each new episode, isn't it? Because expectation... Everyone's got their own sort of expectation of what a, a new Twilight Zone should be, and... You know, there's some people who say you need to do it in black and white. There's some people who say you've really got to replicate that original experience in every in every way. But I think what the producers have said in this note is, yes, we want to honour it, but we've also got to evolve it to a certain degree, which I think is, is the smart way of doing this. I just really think that a 23-minute black and white sort of thing artistically would be interesting but i don't think it's the way to to have a new ongoing show in, in 2019 what do you think no i i agree with you i almost feel that if they had done it in black and white it almost would have felt gimmicky and yeah. we're doing it in black and white because the original series was in black and white as opposed to doing it for i mean maybe they'd have done it for stylistic reasons but it almost felt like to me it would have felt a bit gimmicky you know it's technology has moved on it would be like you know trying to do trying to do it without using any visual effects or like trying to do it but only using mono sounds um so i, I think mm -hmm. that the technology has moved on and styles have moved on so we, we have to present this as as it would be seen now 
otherwise, you know, yeah. you're only appealing then to the hardcore fans and the whole the whole brilliance of having a new Twilight Zone is that it can bring in new fans to the series who might not have seen it previously mm -hmm. or might only remember old episodes. And maybe then they'll go back and check out some of the the older episodes. You know, they've got that, the new Blu-ray set is coming out. So, um, so yeah, maybe, maybe it'll create new fans. Okay, well, we're going to get into this first episode in a second, but there's a couple of things that I'd just like to touch on, maybe separate from the story, because they concern the bigger picture, I guess. And the first thing is new title sequence and music. What do you think of that? I thought it was really cool. My my first real note about this is that I love Jordan Peele as the narrator and mm. I love that intro because that intro is, it is a new intro, but it is, it's it's the old intro new. Like I, 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 it's a terrible way to to describe it, but but that's what it is. <laughs> it's it's a reimagining and a revamp of the original intro. Same Rod yeah. Serling verbiage, but done through Jordan Peele, and I I think it's a really really cool and it it genuinely brought a massive smile to my face. Um, seeing this brand new introduction. What, I mean, what did you think of it? it? It was one of the most joyous things to sit there <laughs> yeah. and just that anticipation, you know, it's like Christmas Eve or something. Um, the anticipation of it and having it stop because the music itself is surprisingly tracks very close to the original, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it, it was almost like with the 80s and the 2000s one, it was almost like, well, we've updated this, so let's use electric guitar instead exactly, or let's use yeah. you know let's get jonathan davison from corn and he can like revamp the the whole thing yeah whereas this is just sort of tracks very closely to to the original which was nice you yeah. know and again it's it's all right for things to evolve but it almost felt like that was evolution for the sake of it with those those other versions exactly, whereas yeah. this is pitched quite beautifully i think and i i would because you said that the, because the music is different, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not even sure I'd have noticed that the music was different had you not said it. But particularly the outro music that underlays the the, the I'm almost certain that is just the original Bernard Herrmann score. I, I, I would almost feel like it is, or if it, it's someone who has done a cover of it, but it does sound very much the same. I think it is. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure it is different. It, and if it is, it's maybe they've just reorchestrated it, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I really don't know, but it just sounds like, you know, uh, our, our original theme. So that's great. Yeah. Now, without getting into the story too much, there is an appearance by a piece of Twilight Zone iconography in this episode. You know what that is, right? I do indeed. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if you wanted to reveal it or if you wanted to keep it a surprise. No, no, we'll we'll talk about it now because it, it's something, you know, we've seen a couple of episodes now uh, and it, it's, not the fit, it's not the only time something like this happens. Mm -hmm. So I guess talking bigger picture, in this one, we get a glimpse for a few seconds of the Mystic Seer. Yeah, from Nick's um, How do you feel about the use of that in this episode it was it, it's funny because we saw that glimpse of, of the mystic seer in the trailer like the, the first full trailer mm. that they released and i i said to my wife when that came out i was like oh they're gonna do a remake of nick of time that's great because what i want to because it's one of my favorite episodes i'd be like oh that'd be that'd be really mm. cool i don't think i was then just expecting it to be not so much a throwaway shot but it is very mm -hmm. much like it is there for if you are a hardcore fan to be like, ah, yeah, it's the Mystic Seer. And I recognize what that is. And 
I much uh-huh. prefer it to be that way as opposed to I feel that, uh, and I, I don't like to use this as an example, but I feel like it is a good example to use, is the um, the, the, the 2016 Ghostbusters remake that they did. Okay. I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the film anyway because it's I, I'm not I don't like Paul Feig's style of comedy. But the thing that really irked mm-hmm. me about it is that it just felt like he was constantly throwing on the handbrake so that he could point at a reference to the 1984 original and be saying, "Look, here is a reference to the original movie." Mm. We're going along somewhere. It's like, oh, here's Dan Aykroyd to say, "I ain't afraid of no ghost," and then we can mm-hmm. then we can try and carry on the rest of the the story. And I, I, I don't yeah. like that form of, of referencing things from... If, you, if you're going to do references, I almost prefer it to be like this, where it's just, it's there. If you're a fan of the show, uh-huh. you recognize what that is. But if you're not, it's not going to affect the way that the story is being told. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it fits nicely as well because it's, first of all, it's something that we as fans can speculate about <laughs> yeah. and, and try and find probably meaning that isn't there. But, you know, it is set in a diner, Mm -hmm. and it could be that this diner had those napkin dispensers or whatever they were back in the 50s, and this one's just still lying around, you know. And it could be as simple as that. And I I love that as well, because there's... Obviously, we're not going to talk about it, but in the second episode, you can see... I I mean, I'm, I'm almost certain you can see a book of... Or a magazine that references a character from the third episode. And I think Uh there is... This version of the Twilight Zone is creating this world where they, they're not crossing paths, but we are all within the Twilight Zone. And yeah. that would then suggest that those people that we used to watch in the original series were also all in this same world or have crossed over into this. And it, it's, you know, we, we've kind of talked about on the show before that what is the Twilight Zone? Where is the Twilight Zone? And so I, I kind of love yes. that idea that, yeah, this might have been the same world in which William Shatner and and his uh, you know and his that new wife had gone into uh, you know it, maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's the same diner it's just been you know they they've uh, it, times have changed and they they've had to uh, change the style of it exactly that is exactly it, that we want we want there to be a connection yeah. don't we we want there to be some overarching thing but we don't want it to be so explicit mm-hmm. that it's like someone explaining what the twilight zone exactly, is exactly yeah we just want these these little hints that that there is something bigger going on but it's it's you know it's never going to be explained to us and it can be whatever we kind of want it to be in our own minds so i think we're on the same page with that one Okay, well, it's time, Luke. It's time. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode, which is called Replay. First broadcast on the 11th of April, 2019. Written by Selwyn Sifu Hines and directed by Jared McMurray. Nina is taking her son Dorian to his new college, where he's going to be a student filmmaker. When they stop off at a diner for something to eat, Nina discovers that her dad's old camcorder that she's brought along for the ride can reverse time, but she is the only one to recall when it's happened. Also in the diner is a state trooper, Officer Lasky, who stops Nina and Dorian on the road after they leave. When the situation with the officer begins to deteriorate, Nina uses the camera to reverse time to try and find a different path but this only leads to further confrontations with Lasky, each one seemingly worse than the last. 
Finally, Nina confides in Dorian about what's been happening, and the two of them try to find a way out of this seemingly inescapable situation. Now, I am going to put a spoiler warning out here. If you haven't seen the episode, we are going to talk about the whole thing. So please go and check it out and then come back and, uh, and join in the conversation. Okay, so you touched on it before, Luke. Jordan Peele opening narration. Now, you, lo- you know how I love when Rod Sailing is in the location. With this one, I'm not 100% sure whether he was because there seemed to be someone passing in front of the camera and I'm not sure whether that was a cut but it was good enough. It was good enough, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think? Of, what do you think of the opening narration? There was a point again. It was in that the full, the first full length trailer that they released when that the, mm. the big reveal shot at the end was Jordan Peele sat in the diner as if he was listening in onto these sorts of conversations, and that was when I, I mm. realized like, oh, excellent! Jordan Peele is going to be there. He's going to be the I don't want to say yeah. the new Rod Serling, but he is going to take on that Rod Serling role. And so I I love the fact that he's there on maybe not on set the same day, you know, maybe not have been the same sort of shot, but I'm just glad that as a character, as the narrator, he is there as part of this story. And yeah, and I, I, I just loved it. It was very, very reminiscent of a Rod Serling style intro um, without being Jordan Peele doing a Rod Serling impersonation. So I, I, I thought it was really, really smart. Yeah, I liked it too. Um... I always want him to be like sitting reading the paper or I always love a clever use of him and I hope as the series goes on we see just different things that he's doing. You know, we, we've seen a couple of episodes now and I think there are a couple of nice ones coming up, which is mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um so I'm 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 pleased. I'm pleased. And you know, he he kept it simple. He's like you said, not doing a rod sailing impersonation. He's just doing his own thing. And I think as the series goes on if it warrants a bit of a, a sort of wry smile or a bit of humor, a bit of a twinkle in the eye, he brings that as well. Absolutely, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to those ones when we get there. Because it, it's it's easy to forget that that Jordan Peele is a you know, he came from a comedy background, you know, with, with Key and Peele. Mm. So it, it I, I think you're right that he, if needed, can bring uh, a slight bit of wry wit uh, to to an intro mm-hmm. or maybe yeah, a bit of a cheeky smile. I guess we need to break this one down into two halves, to be honest. We are, we'll talk about it in terms of there is a, a sort of point where the characters take a different path. So we'll maybe talk about the first half and, then, and talk about that second half because there seems to be quite a natural separation there. Yeah. And the first half of our story concerns them in the diner having something to eat and Officer Lasky comes in, played by Glenn, Fleshler, but our two main characters are Nina and Dorian, played by Sana Lathan and Damson Idris. Now, I believe Damson Idris is actually an English guy, so fair play to him for for his work here. I wouldn't have known. (laughs) Yeah, me neither until I looked it up. But um, first thing to say is I think the, the chemistry between these two, the work that they do in this episode, I think it was a relief it was a relief to <laughs> yeah. watch it and think. I, I think they've got a, a really great pair of actors here, you know, with a, a wonderful chemistry. Uh, what do you think of these two? I, I really, really love them. Uh, Nina Harrison in particular, I thought was a, was a really great character. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought they, they, the two of them had a very, very nice chemistry together. 
Um, and it was just like, yeah. it was it was kind of sweet at times really as well, because there's lots of kind of references and sort of hints at to, you know, the, the sort of life that, that Nina was trying to run away from that you then see later on in the episode. But I don't think that it, I, I don't think that Lathan sort of overplayed that it, when she's talking about it. Um, so I, I thought it was a, it's a really nice sort of subtle performance from her. And uh, yeah, Damson uh, Idris rather is wonderfully charming, like a really really mm. charming guy. Yeah, so I, I really like their performances. Now they're in this situation um, in the diner, and what happens is Dorian accidentally spills some tomato ketchup on his shirt, and sh- and Nina rewinds the camera, and then realizes that she's rewound time. And I think this is just classic Twilight Zone. Ordinary people in extraordinary situations. Normal life, then you just drop in this element and just see what happens, you know? And I guess see what happens isn't the right word because I think this is obviously measured in a particular way because it's certainly an episode that's got something to say. But it's, it's a deceptively simple device, isn't it, that this video camera... And it's very Twilight Zone in the sense of there is no explanation for the magic. There's mm. it, it, this, this camera rewinds time and you as an audience member just sort of buy into it because you've already, in theory, you've already bought into this idea of what the Twilight Zone is. And so I thought it was yeah. a, it was really cool because as soon as she the, the episode kind of sets itself up to be this way. You kind of when you watch like time travel uh episodes of tv shows or films like back to the future groundhog day uh, these sorts of things they do very good jobs of sort of like overtly making you remember certain things so that then when they rewind mm. you've got almost like a visual clue of when they've jumped back to or, or at what point they are and this episode uh-huh. opens up with a lot of that and so as soon as it started, I almost felt like I, I didn't really know. I didn't read the synopsis of the episode prior to, to watching it. So as soon as I saw these clues, I was like, oh, there's going to be a time travel element to this, I reckon. And then when she had the camera expression, we I was like, there it is. That, that's it. My note I've written down is like, this is pure Twilight Zone. Like <laughs> this is some, an ordinary person yeah. has an object that is putting them into this very unordinary situation. So I, I, I loved mm-hmm. it. I, I really thought it was a clever, clever way to... And and good to use that in your first episode as well. Definitely, it is just just pure Twilight Zone. Now they get into this situation where there's a series of confrontations with Officer Lasky, and he's played by Glenn Fleshler. And let's give him some credit too. I think he's yeah. he's one of the most unnerving kind of villains i've seen for some time. Yeah. No, I was going to say. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but when he finds them at the motel. There was a real almost yeah. almost Terminator vibe to him of just like this <laughs> yeah. of you know, he is relentless and he is not gonna stop. And it was very mm-hmm. unsettling. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it you know, a great performance by him, but just this uh, this false sincerity towards them when he's speaking to them, but he'll drop in these little things every now and again. Yeah. When Nina says, I'm taking I'm taking my son to college and he says, Oh, is it I can't remember the name of the school, but he's like, oh, is that the black school? Yeah. You know, and it's just those little things that just clang as soon as he says them. Absolutely. Or the yeah. looks that he gives, you know, it, it it just speaks volumes about what situation we are obviously in here, doesn't it? And uh, Sana Lathan's reaction to that line 
it was really great of just of, of someone who has probably heard this said to her many many times before but she is just smiling through it she's not going to cause a fuss she doesn't want to get in trouble she doesn't want to cause any sort of ruckus she's just going to smile and sort of move on almost beaten down into doing that sort of thing so uh, as this first half progresses Nina and Dorian are trying to get to the college and each time it happens there is this confrontation with Lasky and it just seems to get worse and worse each time it happens and it's beautifully tense I think this first half I I think the tension is really building as it just becomes inevitable that they'll try something but then whatever they try and do Lasky is is there in some capacity and you know for Lasky it's the same day really only Nina is experiencing it in this way but seen through her eyes I think it's just a beautifully tense first half of the episode yeah it really is and I think that to tackle a subject as quite big particularly in America uh, as Mm -hmm. the cops relationships with or the, you know, the police's relationship with, with African-Americans and these sort of race issues, you know, with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and, and things like that. During, it's, it's become a really, it feels like it's a really hot, like a hot button subject at the moment in, in America. And yeah, what the Twilight Zone always was like, you know, it's what Rod Sutting always said about the show is I can tell these stories that I wouldn't be able to tell elsewhere but I can do them in science fiction because that can get past the censors, you know, in the sort of like the 50s and the 60s. You don't really have that problem now, but I still think that taking no. that idea of taking what is, uh, it is a, a politically uh, driven storyline at the moment and like a really like big topic in America and putting that into the Twilight yeah. Zone, I think is a really bold move for the first episode, particularly something that's as big as this and something that might be quite as divisive as this. It's bold to put it in the first mm-hmm. episode. And I think this is kind of the the genius of the use of the the rewinding camera, which is a metaphor for essentially it's not about experiencing it over and over again because of a rewinding camera. It's about experiencing it over and over again because that's what happens when you go out of the door. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the real point of it. Exactly. No matter what they were going to do, he was always going to pull them over. That's right. And even, you know, this is one of my favourite scenes when Sarna Lathan, uh, playing Nina, goes and tries to make peace with Lasky. And, you know, she's so so sweet and, and obviously just trying to tackle this in a different way. Um, and she thinks she's done it. She thinks she's done it, mm-hmm. but it just inevitably she hasn't. And I thought that was a fabulous scene. It was, yeah. You know, buying him apple pie, asking him about his his wife, and it turned like you know his, his wife is dead. So there's almost this argument that he's just channeling his anger wrong. You know, he's got the anger mm-hmm. at his wife passing, and this is just how he's chosen to do it. And it might not have been the right direction for him. It was a really, really tense scene as you as you say because there is that moment of like is this going to work but it came after a scene where her and dorian were talking about you know the world as it is and dorian said that you know things inevitably have to happen it's the big bang it's no matter what we do we're almost like in a predestinated like a predetermined path things are going to happen Mm -hmm. and so yeah and just like she uh, they these two are with lasky he is always going to chase them down. He's all. He has just taken a disliking to them for whatever reason. 
he has decided on this day, I am taking a disliking to you too, and I'm going to use my authority and I'm going to use my power to not mess with your day, but maybe just make myself feel better. And, and the cleverness of it is, is that in his mind, he's only seen them once and he's only taken this dislike to them once. But the, the metaphor of the show is clearly it's about every time they walk out that door. So in order to try and beat it, Nina confides in Dorian and they decide to take a different path, which which means that Nina's going to have to face her past and, you know, go and see the brother who she's, you know, not seen for years, go into her hometown where she hasn't been for years. And, uh, and that's what they end up doing. And they follow the satellite, you know, they follow the sat-nav and that's where they go. And I guess this is the second half of the episode, yeah. isn't it? Where she's, she's got to confront her past. So then we get a new character, you know, um, Nina's brother, Dorian's uncle. And I can, and I think when we see the uncle's apartment, uh, his house, sorry, you can see the kind of things he has on the walls. And he, he's very much in that struggle. Whereas Nina's life, is, you know, she's a lawyer. She's probably maybe keeping her head down and just getting on with life, uh, not really looking to her past. So, but this is her having to confront it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. The, it, it very much sets up that she took her life in a very different direction from her brothers. And, it, they, you know, they say that, you know, their brothers, uh, her other brothers were, you know, they're, they're also dead. And it's almost, mm. it's not explicitly said, but it's almost hinted at that they may have also been like shot by cops. There's certainly a reading you could do of that. It's it's never said, It's and it's never even inferred. It's almost like that is a, mm. that is a reading that you could have on that. And mm -hmm. she, uh, you know, it, it's very much set up that the, all of these, the two of these characters were given choices. They could either stay and become activists, take part in Black Lives Matter marches and, you know, take it to to the, the system or you can run away from it and run away from mm -hmm. it and start a new life on your own where yeah i mean yet she's a lawyer and she's very successful and, and her son is going off to a very fancy college but she's still being persecuted just for the color of her skin and you know being mm -hmm. watched by by someone who has just taken a disliking to her in fact actually like the last time that they they meet lasky they are literally just leaving the diner. They don't even say anything to yeah. him. Like they just leave the diner, and yet he's still going after them, which is really, really terrifying when you when you think about it. But like Nina ran away from her life so much that she didn't even go to her dad's funeral. She's just trying yeah. to get as far away from her previous life as possible. Um, so then, it's, when it's revealed that it's it's her dad's camera that she's been using, it's kind of like that's that's the tool to kind of bring her back into this life once again. So I, I thought yeah. it was a really I I, pref I think I preferred the first half more to th than the second half only because and perhaps this is just my taste the first half had more fantastical elements to it whereas the second life was mm. was very much the this is the message of the episode and this this is kind of where we want you to this the, these are the parts we want you to remember and the parts we want you to go away and discuss which I I've, I've absolutely yeah. no problem with and I and I did enjoy it but I also really really like the fantastical elements and being chased by uh, Lasky, which I, which I, I thought was a lot of fun. Well, not I mean a lot of fun. Yeah. It was also terrifying, but it was also you know an, an, an enjoyable, terrifying experience. I, I know what you mean. It, it, not so much fun, but it it just seemed to be so well directed, orchestrated. That tension was ratcheted up mm -hmm. so beautifully. Everyone was at the top of their game in terms of performance. So I, I see what you mean. It it's like if we were in 
uh, an old Twilight Zone episode with that runtime, and you you could put a, a conclusion on that first half in a way that would have been, you know, a, a Twilight Zone in itself. Yeah. Whereas this is is a bit more expansive as to to what the whole thing is about, um, and we'll probably touch on that a bit later on because I I do think you know living in the world that we live in with the internet being what it is. I can almost predict some of the reaction to this, and yeah. we'll get we'll get to that in Absolutely, a little bit. Yeah. But basically, what they end up doing is I, I forget the uncle's name, unfortunately. But in in a beautiful moment, he kind of says, "You know, I believe you." She explains what's happened, and he says, "I believe you." And they find a different way to get to the school. Yeah. And when they get there, you know, there is Lasky, and he again forces this confrontation. But this time, Nina isn't going to take it, and she stands up to him. As this is going on, Lasky draws his gun, but everyone starts to pull out their cameras. Clearly, this, again, we are looking at real life here, where you could say that, and I think maybe this is what the episode is saying, this type of thing has happened for years, but it seems to be through the use of uh, modern devices seems to be the thing that shined a light on it mm-hmm. because it's the videos that have come out, like the Sandra Bland video, um, you know, several other cases. That seems to be the thing that, you know, in the past maybe people would have said it and it's just fell on deaf ears. But it's hard for something to fall on deaf ears when it's right in front of your face. Yeah, when, as you say, like when there's physical evidence kind of presented to you, uh, it, it almost feels like every day when you're going through Twitter and things like that, there are videos that are being shared around of not, not just sort of, of, of police brutality or, or, or whatever, or just some just some horrible you know people on trains being racist to someone else because they just don't think they should be on the train with them. And you just it's it's kind of yeah. incredible how many you see these sort of videos coming up. And it's as you say, it's always been there. It's just now that we have the ability to record this. It is something that is getting out even more, and it's now right in front of your faces. And I thought it was nice, yeah. and I thought that her speech was really great, um, talking about that you know he's the one that who's really afraid. And I, I thought yeah. it was it was a really really nice way to to end off this sort of storyline with, with, with Lasky backing down. And but it's not like Lasky's backed down and learned a lesson. It's almost like all right, well you got me on this day, but. Yeah, there, there'll be day, and that you know that essentially comes at the end of the episode as well, where mm-hmm. when Dorian walks out the house again, you're like, but is he ever really safe? Yeah, and you know the the beauty of that closing speech is again, you you can take it from her personal point of view, or you can take it as the bigger picture. You know, I think it was really nice that. I've always said the Twilight Zone will affect you in three ways. It's either going to punish you. You know, there's this cosmic justice aspect. It's either going to help you out, give you a leg up if you deserve it, or it's just going to act in some way that we completely don't understand. It's just going to freak us out for (laughs) for a reason that we can't really see. So I would have expected the first episode to be a sort of cosmic justice one where someone gets their just desert, but it's actually someone who needs a leg up from the Twilight Zone, who just needs that little bit of Twilight Zone intervention for the right outcome. 
yeah. uh, to happen. So I, I was really pleased that, that that was the case. Do you know what? It's funny. I was on the, the same viewpoint as you. I thought this was going to be a, a cosmic justice thing. And I thought to myself, oh, but she's so nice. Like, what has she done to deserve like a, this, a horrible yeah. ending to happen <laughs> to her through the Twilight Zone? So yeah, so it was nice that it was that she needed the leg up instead. And the, the closing narration from Jordan Peele talking about how we need to embrace uh, embrace our past to protect our future and it, mm-hmm. it's it's it was love not magic that saved the day it wasn't her using the the recording to just keep rewinding the day over and over it was her standing up for herself i, I so i thought it was a, yeah. a really really nice way to sort of close it out now there is this sort of code uh, this ending on it um, where unfortunately, although they won the day that day, she's sort of been chained to the camera for the next ten years, hasn't she? She, yeah. she's been afraid of of what might happen when Dorian goes through the door or a grandchild, you know, that kind of thing. Clearly, it's the struggle goes on. You know, you yeah. you win one battle, but the the war goes on, and and I think it recognizes that, which is uh, you know, it, it's a shame, but not everything can be solved by the Twilight Zone even though it helped them win that day. Exactly. Okay, there's a couple more things to talk about, but overall, what what do you think of this episode as an episode and as a start to this new series? I think as a start to this new series, it's a very strong opening um, because it is one that Mm -hmm. gives you a big, punchy message of saying that Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing with this new Twilight Zone. And we are going to talk about these sort of issues. We're not just going to do remakes of episodes you've seen before we're not just going to do fantastical stories we want to use this show to kind of say to say a political message and and to get something out there so i think it was and i think coming from an an african-american showrunner i think that was a really uh, that was clearly something that was very important to to jordan peele so i like Mm -hmm. that aspect of it i really really like that he's using this platform to say the stories that he wants to say and you, we've seen that in with, with Get Out, and I've, although I've not seen Us yet, I, I, I'm hoping to see it this week. So clearly, this is something that's very important to him as a showrunner. And I, I enjoyed yeah. the episode. I enjoyed the first half more than I did the second half, because um, mm-hmm. I thought the the second half of them sort of like taking the very sort of very, like when they were walking through all the various different alleyways, I was like, this is getting a bit goofy now. I'm not really sure where we're where we're going with this. But I did really mm-hmm. like its conclusion and the, the the flash forward to 10 years later where Dorian's there now with his daughter Trinity, which they, they talked about earlier in the episode, and the smashing yeah. of the camera and having to let go of something that she's been sort of holding on to for these past 10 years, I thought was was kind of a nice... And, and yeah, you've got that sort of ambiguous ending at the end of uh, at, at the end where, yeah, they won that battle, but have they won the war? So yeah, so for me, I, th- I thought it was a very, very strong first episode. But yeah, I, I mean, what did what are your thoughts sort of as as an overall piece? As a piece in itself, I I thought it was really, really strong. I really enjoyed it. You sit there and you watch a, a, the first episode of the new Twilight Zone, and there's party that is a bit worried that <laughs> that maybe it's not going to live up to expectations because expectations are so high. But I think this is a a great evolution. Mm-hmm. Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone had a point of view. It was Rod Serling's point of view for the most part, and you only need to hear him speak to know what his point of view is. And he was talking about contemporary issues and so on. I really like this. I think it's a great start to the new series, and I'm really happy with it, to be honest. Um, 
I can't see that there's going to be some comments made about this because people get annoyed at the conversation even happening these days. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That is the attitude out there quite a lot uh, in this modern world. And I I do think people are going to level accusations at it as to being too on the nose. You know, what what do you think? It is a case of, I, I agree with you. I think that this episode will end up being divisive because I think that we are in a time where people don't like to be told that they're the bad guy and it's not and this Mm. episode is not saying you're the bad guy it's not saying all white people are racist or it's not even saying all cops are racist it's not saying that all white cops are bad guys it's just saying that Uh this is something that is happening in america and it is something that needs to be discussed and i can almost see the the tweets from people coming in saying like oh well i can't believe they're bringing politics into the twilight zone when you think yeah the show already always was about like that i i've even i've seen some people say that they they leveled uh complaints against star trek discovery saying like oh it's brought too many politics into it and i'm like what did you think star trek was previously like what did you think the original yeah. series was about um uh-huh or, you know, I've seen some people say that there's too many politics in, in Star Wars now. And I'm like, well, it was always saying that there was good and bad people. So I, I think there, there are always going to be those complaints about it. And yeah, yeah you're right. It's almost predictably there are going to be those complaints leveled against it. I just hope that those complaints and those people who don't like a certain aspect of this episode just write off the whole series. And hmm. I hope they do stick with it, you know, just because you don't like one episode or you don't like the, the topic that it's bringing up. I hope that people do stick with it. Twilight Zone should be challenging. Mm-hmm. It should be uh, saying something. The writer Selwyn Sifu Hines, I, I think, has used the Twilight Zone beautifully, give his side of things, what he wants to say about it. And sometimes it's not about sitting there feeling that this is an attack on you sometimes it's about maybe you just need to sit down and listen yeah there's too many people talking these days and not enough people listening or in this case sitting and watching and seeing how other people feel about a certain situation or how the people who are in that situation feel if anyone thinks it's too on the nose I would point them to Rod Serling's last interview where he was asked, do you think you can say more about topics of social significance through a contemporary drama or more through the framework of science fiction and fantasy? And Serling's response to that was, I think you can say more obviously in the framework of an honest to Christ contemporary piece so that you don't have to talk in parables in symbolisms and the rest of it. But this is not to say that you can't make a point of social criticism using science fiction or fantasy as your backdrop. We did that on the Twilight Zone a lot, but there's no room for that kind of subtlety anymore. The problems are so much with us that they have to be attacked directly. Now that's a quote from 1975 where Sailing himself is saying that you can't really do what they did on the Twilight Zone anymore, you know, because mm-hmm. things uh, things need to be attacked more directly. So for this episode to utilise that Twilight Zone framework, but still have that 
punch about what it's actually about, I think it is a pretty fair evolution of the show. And if that's, you know, Sailing's words in his last interview, then I think it it fits in quite nicely with that. A a really beautiful thing here is that we're sitting here talking about the first episode of the new Twilight Zone, and it's it's a topic of conversation that is... It's it's opening up the conversation to this, you know. When you when you get yeah. your listener feedback from this episode and an episode sort of moving forward, they are going to have lots of varying different takes on the way that this story was presented. And surely that's the great mm-hmm. thing about the Twilight Zone that you know we're, we're it's it's opening up the floor to have a conversation on this podcast that may not have happened. Definitely. Okay, Luke. I, I think that's our that's our first episode, and uh, you know, what a joy! What a joy! Yeah. It's it's a relief. I'm pleased, and I really can't wait to get into the rest of the season. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. There was um, I don't know if you've seen the film Fanboys. Um, which is about a, a group of kids trying to break into Lucasfilm to watch uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, before it's released. <laughs> no. And the the like the, the the last line of the movie is when they're finally sitting in the cinema and just go like. Oh, what if it sucks? You know, like all this sort of anticipation for it. So yeah, I, I'm with you. There was that sort of anticipation of like, oh, I hope this is good because I've I've got very excited for this. It's something that we've been waiting for now for almost a decade. It feels like we've been talking about a new Twilight Zone show or a new movie or something along these lines, something within this franchise. And now we finally got it. I was like, I did have that moment. I was like, I hope this doesn't suck. And and it didn't suck. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I don't know if you noticed as well. I, one last thing I wanted to mention from the episode was um, when they do get to the school, uh, did you see the guy that was standing in a suit holding a cigarette? Oh, no, I missed that. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, it, was, it, it felt like it was, it was a total door. Rod Serling was there in spirit <laughs> and his cigarette. Um, oh, brilliant. So yeah, I, I so for me it was it it's I'm very happy with with this first episode and I, I'm I'm so looking forward now to seeing more from this new version of of the Twilight Zone. Well, Luke, thanks so much for joining me, man. If people want to catch up with you in various ways, I know you got a lot going on. Anything you want to mention that you're up to now? Uh, yeah, so um, we've just launched our second YouTube channel, uh, Screen Stalker, which uh, is covering movie news, TV news, video game news. Uh, we're doing uh, Let's Play f- uh, for video game stuff. We're going to be doing more movie reviews. The, the channel is only about, it's, it's two weeks old currently. Um, so we, mm-hmm. we're just sort of, we're finding our feet with, with what we're doing, but we're hoping to do a lot more movie content, relaunch the movie podcast. So there's a lot on at the moment, but you can find us out on, on YouTube for that, which is Screen Stalker, uh, or I'm on Twitter at this is Luke Owen. All right, so Luke, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for coming on. No, no, thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely, anytime. It's always wonderful to to walk back into the Twilight Zone with you. Good. It's always a pleasure to have you. So I'll be back next time with another guest to talk about another episode of the new twilight zone bye for now